All right, I got one for you. How do aliens harvest their crops? With tractor beams. (laughs) We're going to talk about large harvest crops to help you get more out of your garden today. Right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds. And must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Did that joke make you upset? It's <laughs> terrible, isn't it? They're just getting worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to tell the worst jokes ever. Um, everybody, we are a listener-supported show, so please check us out on Patreon, where you can get uh, new episodes every month, extra episodes. You can also win a chance to have a conversation with Batavia and myself one-on-one. Talk about whatever you want. Help support the show. You can check us out and down below for t-shirts and all that good stuff. And simply subscribe to us on YouTube. We're all right here. We're gonna be talking. We're gonna be talking about expanding your garden. Um, not really expanding, but how to get more out of your garden and specifically large harvest crops. And you can harvest them with tractor beams if you'd like. I mean, it's up to you. I'll put it on the list for consideration for 2023. <laughs> if I could get a tractor beam to harvest for me, I would. Mm. Um, do you focus on large harvest crops, Batavia? I don't know that I've, which makes this probably a good uh, entry into this series. I don't know if I... Do you want to start that again? You stuttered right through that. No, I'm okay. <laughs> okay, <with> good. <laughs> um, I'm thinking on my feet, man. What do you want, what do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know. One more time. I don't know uh, if I have designed the garden with that in mind. Yeah. Like I'm planting this, you know, these sweet potatoes because it's going to be a large harvest um, or it's a large producer. Let me say it that way. Yeah. There is kind of this idea of, especially with social media now, you see like mounds and mounds of a thing and you're like, oh, wait, maybe I could do that too. Yeah. Um, but I think that's more of novelty for some yeah. of those things. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we've both kind of explored different crops in our own gardens that <laughs> give us a lot, but there's, one caveat that I'm going to put on this today, and that would be large harvest multi-use crops, which means you can use them. I mean, obviously, don't need to break down multi-use, but <clears throat> you can break them down. You can use them in multiple different ways. So <clears throat> you have to excuse me, everybody. I'm recovering over a nasty case of COVID. So this is the first day back recording for me. Welcome back. So if you hear that every once in a while, you know why. Um, One thing that Batavia and I have often talked about is okra. Mm -hmm. And it's a large producer. And in in my mind, and I don't know about yours, but it's a one plant large producer at that. But mm -hmm. how much is, how many different ways can we use okra? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, this is probably the almost the worst okra year I've had um, me too and it's yeah and it's one of those odd things because it's that mixture of if you don't have enough then it really you really can't enjoy it in the way that you want to yeah so I mean clearly I've had I mean I've been giving okra to my male persons and my neighbors like I've had 
you know, years where even on single plants, those plants kept on producing. That's not been this year. Um, and we won't get into diagnosing the why on that. Um, but it's odd because it could go either from being very prolific to not. Yeah. And when it's not, then you kind of have like the two okra pods you pulled off the plant today. Yeah. And it's like, you know, tomorrow there's three, you know. Um, and interestingly enough, again, there's something about when a plant starts to become disappointing like that, where I kind of take my eyes off of it. So it's, I mean, I'm not even getting the little bit that it's producing off of it because I'm kind of moving on. If that That's makes how sense. I was. I just looked over there um, the other day before I pulled them, by the way, which I never pull them this early. Mm-hmm. And there was like two giant okras on it. I was just like, whatever. It's not even worth my time. Yeah. Because yeah. what am I going to do with two okras? I'm going <laughs> to, I can fry them. But that's it. You know what I mean? There's not really yeah. a whole. And I know that I know there's going to be somebody listening that is like, I can use okra in a hundred different ways. And I mean, generally speaking, though, if you look for okra recipes, you're going to find mostly fried okra. You can find like bread and butter okra pickled and then like Batavia. You like it boiled, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you could lump in boiled with like adding it to stews and things. Okra. Yeah. Uh, like if I could grow enough okra to put into my New Year's gumbo, then I'm I'm feeling pretty good about it. That's not the case this year. The quality of it really suffered as well. Um, and you look at it though, and you say, "All right, you have these couple of pods of okra, you know, and it's well, it's still food, but your that plant is still taking from its the soil." You know, yeah. there's still it's, ta- you know, nutrients that it's in the soil as you water it's sucking up water, you know, and you have to kind of wonder, is it worth it? Especially if you have other things in the bed. Um, yeah. So I, I hear you on pulling it. I'm I'm starting to see where you could tell when okra starts to bolt too at the beginning, yeah. like when it slows down production. And I'm looking and saying it more than anything it's out of the it's in my way now but i don't want to get tied up in okra but i do think that's a good example of you can plant it knowing it's going to be prolific knowing that you can get a lot out of it but it's going to be more than what you can can use it for to your point there are only a couple of different ways you're using it or a couple of different types of dishes i should say right and i've had years where i've just had so much okra that i throw it away Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I just legit can't eat it or I feed it to my mostly I feed it my chickens because it grows to the perfect length where I can slide it right into the fence for them <laughs> and they crush it. But, um, you know, so that's that's one example of a, of a plant that we both have praised a lot, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really fit into this category. Does that mean that it doesn't have a place in my garden? Absolutely not. It's going to have a place in my garden. But maybe if I want to get more out of my garden, which is what this series is about, then I can dedicate this precious space to something else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thinking ahead and this is, you know, the year of 2022 has been the year of planning as on this podcast and Mm -hmm. even on YouTube for me has been more so about planning out thoroughly the uses of what I'm growing along with how or with what I'm growing. So how am I going to use it? And moving that in that direction, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can add to your garden. I think that, and it's not just one plant. I think, you know, you can have multiple plants for this, but you know, they don't take up a great amount of space. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, there's also the 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 twist here where um you know high producing plants that have multiple multiple uses that also connect to something else you're growing in the the garden. We were just talking before we hit the re- court button about you know it's been a good pepper year sweet pepper year for me and it didn't I had gotten over the failure of tomatoes this year at least I thought I had but then when I went to harvest these sweet peppers it was like oh a part of the plan was plant out this many sweet peppers I would be still harvesting uh, tomatoes this time and I have a kick-ass tomato pepper sauce which now, you know, it's just going to be a pepper sauce. Um, so that's, it's interesting because in that instance, something that could be a prolific plant, a prolific producer, if it needs to go with something else, there is a small risk there, you yeah. know, like both things have to perform, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, for me, like in my garden right now, as we sit here and speak, my um, my peppers are producing a lot. So, you know, they're actively producing and I'm able to put them in and use them multiple ways, but they produce at the end of the year for me. Every year it's that way. It never, ever fails. I always sit in the middle of summer like, damn, I'm not getting any peppers. And then Mm -hmm. right before we start, like this week, we're going to get our first 78 degrees a high and all of my peppers are producing like Mm -hmm. fire. Mm -hmm. So... Now we know, you know, I know that moving forward for future years and I've made a real note of it and I've made a couple of videos about it, too, because I want to be able to go back and remember that, mm-hmm, that this mm-hmm. is, you know, an actual thing. So producer. as we plan out mm-hmm. the garden, you know, how are, and these are hot peppers for me specifically. Yeah. So um, like my cayenne peppers, I just got a flush. I think we got like four or five pounds off of them. And this is about the end of the year for them. So, you know, we're using them in multiple ways. We've made, um, I've dried some, I've made pepper jelly, and I'm also going to make some, I'm going to foray into the world of hot sauce. (laughs) And I'm going to try and do some Texas Pete style hot sauce for it, but I'm going to try and can it. So, you know, you've got these multiple ways of using them. And hot peppers are a tough one because you don't eat a handful of hot peppers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, some people do, but I would not sit down and be like, all right, let me have a snack and just start crushing hot peppers. So there's these different ways to handle this. And that drives, you know, me to think in the future, like, okay, if this is going to produce at the end of the year, then what can I plant around it for the middle of the season or moving into fall or something? Because that is going to take up my space in the fall because I don't want to take it out when it's going to be producing heavy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, about four or five years ago, I had this poblano plant. And I've not been able to get one to produce in that same way. I'm thinking back to where I planted it um, that year. But anywho, it, I mean, it just, it was pepper, pepper after pepper after pepper, sizable peppers. And outside of just enjoying it, like, you know, as a, a kind of, version of a green pepper or a bell pepper or something you know um, the skin is a little tough you know the only way I know is the chili rellanos dish that's the only dish I know and I know you could dry those peppers and all but it was just far it was a single plant and it was far too many peppers for me to to really manage through and 
it's again for me in my garden space that's the key there's like a single use you know it's maybe two uses I would get out of that like you know enjoying them two different ways I guess maybe I'm fortunate to not have had like a bang up polano pepper year um I I feel like we're just naming the things that are problematic if they're prolific (laughs) well yeah I mean because that's I think that's a good way to start in my Mm -hmm. mind is thinking about it like that but let's talk about what's good I mean, seriously. So when I look into my own personal garden, I'm going to turn the looking glass inward. Um, For me, certain types of tomatoes are high producers, but certain Mm -hmm. types are not high producers. Um, You know, the indeterminate tomatoes and stuff like that, they take up a lot of space. Mm -hmm. So um, if we're trying to get more out of our gardens without expanding it, maybe... You know, just picking the different type of determinate, indeterminate, semi-determinate tomato will help you with that mission, you know. But generally speaking, like for my desires, I need multiple plants to meet that. Mm -hmm. And they do take up some space. But I want to give the tomato the almighty nod in this conversation because it is possible. Yeah, I was trying to think um, the first year I had like a bang up tomato year. I can't remember if it was one or two Roma tomatoes, a determinant plant. And it just produced so many tomatoes for me. Like I had never, I don't think I'd ever seen that on a single plant. And in part, it was probably my first time growing determinants too, you know, so you kind of see that flush really all at once. Um, I think that, you know, it's just like anything else. He's either going to give you a lot or not. Variety definitely plays a big role in that. Look at you rhyming. (laughs) variety definitely plays a a big role and we know that there are a gazillion ways to you know use your tomato harvest Um, i didn't always believe or think that you know but it took me a long time to get to that point where i knew there was other ways to use my tomatoes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in in some cases like earlier on i was producing so few why even you know stretch your mind and think about some other ways yeah although so much of what you're eating is tomato based which i think it's kind of funny um but i definitely i think you know tomatoes i think uh, yeah I think a lot of leafy greens, so your kales, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, I, I'd even say, I know we, we bashed cabbage earlier on, but if you can get a sizable cabbage, I mean, that's a lot of roughage, you know. So it's a single plant, yes, right? It's going to produce a single head of cabbage. Some of those outer leaves could still be edible, um, but... It's not like it's, you know, my cabbage has never been the size of a golf ball until this year with a red cabbage. That's a different story. But um, maybe I'll walk away from cabbage. No, you know, I, I agree with you with cabbage because it's not. Actually, now that I had to stop and think for a second, there are a lot of ways to use cabbage. You know, we um, we fry it, we boil it, we make mm-hmm. um, sauerkraut with it. Make coleslaw with it. Mm-hmm. We use it in egg um, egg rolls. I was about to say mm-hmm. eggplant, but that didn't, you know. Uh, my brain's still not totally functional. Um, so there's, you know, there's a handful of ways to use mm-hmm. cabbage. And you're right. You don't, you know, I, I particularly am growing a smaller variety of cabbage. And I have been for the past couple of years. And I'm going to move away from that this mm-hmm. year because I finally got to the end of those seeds. <laughs> um, which I, I don't care either way. But... I think that cabbage is okay 
with that. And I mean, I, we may have said something different in a previous episode, but your leafy greens, I think you're exactly right because it, even if you don't do the cut and come again method and you're just harvesting all at once, you're still getting a lot. Mm-hmm. Your I charts, mean, if yeah. you're getting, mm-hmm. um, let's use lettuce for an example, a romaine lettuce, something simple. Um, you, if you harvest a head of lettuce, it's going to be roughly twice the size of what you would get at the grocery store. Yeah, you could make a salad with that for a family of four. Easily, for a couple you know. days, <laughs> you know, and you can fit a lot of lettuces in a small space as well. So there's mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and see, that that's also something that really comes in to play here, too, is like the amount of space required for it as well. Like, like carrots, for example, mm-hmm. you can put the book says you can put 16 carrots in a square foot. That's a lot of carrots. Yeah, 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 good point. You know, so you can take four square feet of your garden and get, you do the math, I don't want to do it. Um, well, I'm going to do it real quick. 64 carrots, and you're going to get a lot of, I mean, 64 carrots is a lot of carrots, mm-hmm. if they all produce and all that stuff. So, you know, if you think about it in that manner, there are a lot of things that you can do. So when we talked about the peppers earlier, like, yeah, they they produce high, but they only produce a lot at a certain time of the year for me in my garden. And I I venture to say, it seems like it's in your garden too. The end of the year, you get your biggest flush. Yeah. September going into October. um, And just to clarify for peppers, it is, you know, you need a number of plants because we talked about that earlier this year, like a single sweet pepper, I should say, um, a single sweet pepper that's a bell pepper. Let me clarify that further. Because I do have some other, like I have giant Marconi, which is put on a nice flush of fruit for a single plant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely around the September, October. Mark, you're giving me far too much to think about. Because if you think about the carrots, going back to that, I planted the majority of my carrots, or the ones that have done the best, in April, the seeds I sowed them. And... I'm going to say probably starting in July um, on, I, I had a sizable carrot, sizable enough to harvest. Yeah. And that actually also points out to, you could harvest it at different stages, right? You know, and so at different sizes is, is my point. Um, and there are just so many different things you can do with carrots. Now, we may not typically do it with our diet, but there are a bunch of different things you can do with carrots. Well, and see, that's the thing, too, is... Um Necessity is the mother of all invention. <laughs> so as you get these flush harvests, you will find different ways to use these vegetables and carrots. For me, was a big surprise because for many, many, many years, longer than I want to admit, I would sit back and say, I'm not growing carrots. It's a waste of space. And then uh, a couple years ago, I started growing carrots and I was like, okay. I got all these raw carrots, but then I was like, well, what else can I do with them? Mm-hmm. So we started cooking them and, you know, canning them and stuff like that. And I, come to find out, I really enjoy a canned carrot in the middle of winter. Now, I don't know if I would necessarily go buy a can of carrots, <laughs> but being that it's my own carrots, like I'm willing to do it. But we have found recipes to do it. So it kind of it, it starts to tick mark the box. But for me the multi-use aspect for carrots don't really get tick marked as well as some of the other things because yes, there's ways to use them, but it's not as many easy to think of ways. You know what I mean? Well, it's definitely layered when it comes to, um, 
the carrot I was I was just trying to think to myself like is it the stigma around like you know it's kind of like spinach the stigma around you know when you were younger and you know oh I don't want to eat my spinach it, carrots maybe just there's a, a bunch of work, work. <laughs> you're doing weird things I'm like I feel like I'm I'm your like what's the safe word if you, you go down or something we don't have a safe word yet but um, um and maybe that's I, not I have safe to say word. something you have a word. piece of hair hanging out of your earphone and it's driving me crazy oh okay yeah yeah uh, oh yeah that's got <laughs> yeah. to be more comfortable the amount of no I didn't feel it at all but the amount of times that my hair has scared me in the garden <laughs> So, you know, to take us off subject for a second, you know that. So I live in the middle of a big city. I'm in Chicago in the U.S. And like these lots are like 125 feet across. Right. So where mine ends, the next 125 feet is my neighbor's house. And so I'm outside and, I, you know, my neighbors are outside often. And so I just I don't want to be the neighbor that's always screaming in her yard right yeah. you know, like jumping in and, and being nervous so I try to temper my reaction to things and so there's always this year it's grasshoppers that have been jumping out at me a lot but it's like oh it, that's a piece of my hair never mind you know <laughs> I'm gonna have to pin all of this stuff up anywho um I was thinking about carrots and I'm like I'm gonna sound silly but it feels like carrots are a lot of work Right. You know, even the it's, idea the one of my favorite ways to enjoy it. And um, yeah, I go through these spurts of sometimes I'll eat like a, a vegetarian diet for a while. And there is one of this um, or, you know, maybe not for a long period of time, but a vegan diet. And so this place I would go to as a part of their standard, they serve a side, sal- side salad and they would have the most delicious sh- shredded carrots on top. And every time I would eat there, I would think to myself, oh, I have to do this with my salads at home and make a lot of salads at home. But it's like, you know, once you, sh- I know, again, it sounds silly. Once you shred the, shred the carrots or think about like going through the process of cooking carrots, you know, yeah, uh, it takes a while to get those bad boys cooked. You know, you're waiting for them to soften if you put them in a stew, you know, like I meant before, like cooking them on, on stovetop or baking them or whatever. And I wonder if that's the pause around. It's not like a quick, it's not a fast food. Yeah. Right? Other than just eating it like a carrot stick. You know what I think the most multi uses? Onions. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't use an onion in every meal? Almost. To well, some extent. Just to, I, I want to make sure I button up this last one. I believe that carrots are high on the list for me. Okay. I oppose with you. Yeah, I did all of that talking, but that was the reason why I was doing all of that talking. That's okay. Um, I, I picked up on that. I hope the listener did. Yeah. Onions for sure. For sure. Yeah, I plan to go a little deeper. I plan to put a valiant effort into onions this year. Let me put it that way. Um because it doesn't take a lot of space, but you use it in everything, along with like garlic, they same family. You know what I mean? So, um, garlic is one of those things in my mind that's not super multi-use, but it's used a lot and can be used a lot in other things. I mean, how, have you ever roasted garlic straight up and ate it? Mm-hmm. Well, I put it on some bread. Nah, um, just put it straight up. No. Uh-uh. That's good. I've roasted it for a different purpose, but I've looked at it and said, no, thank you for eating it straight up. Uh, onions, you can also, if you're growing them, you know, you can give them a haircut and, and you get green onion tops, you know, before yeah. you even get to the point of harvesting them. Um, I was thinking about 
as we kind of think of what's happening, you know, in the world and what could be happening next year, I say to myself, I may need to start practicing growing onions from seed. I know it's difficult, um, but I'm pretty sure I have some seeds already um, before I realize that they're difficult to start from seed. So onions are like carrots. After the first year, the seeds are not as viable. Yeah, I was going to comment on I should probably look that up. But then, you know, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and just help you out there, because apparently, from what I understand, um, I tried to grow onions this year and I failed because they were two or three year old packets because I never had gotten around to it. And um, I couldn't get them to grow. Everybody else in the world (laughs) can get them going. But Mm me. So that being said, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to buy a a new pack of onion seeds this year. I'm going to be a good boy and I'm going to do like I'm supposed to do and plant it. So, um, but you know, I think just the sheer number of how much you can put, you know, dishes you put onions in, in general or recipes that call for it, make it a very good candidate. And then you got stuff like for me. Like we were talking before the show, my butternut squash this year has now reached 35 feet long and we've gotten a number of squash off of them. And we have um, now it's like it's weird. It's like it comes out of my garden bed and it goes out 35 feet Mm -hmm. um, and then up against the garden bed, like all the way out into the almost into the plant. All the leaves are gone. Mm -hmm. But then so it doesn't even look like there's a plant coming from the garden anymore. It just looks like there's a plant coming up out of the middle of my yard. It's interesting. But that being said, um, I've designed my garden to let it overflow out. and I'm okay with that, even though it's super ugly and I can't cut the grass and the weeds get crazy. But the amount of uses for this butternut squash for us are fairly limited. Mm-hmm. Now, the benefit behind it is we can cure it. Uh, shout out to the curing episode that's either aired or is going to air soon. So check out for that. Um, we can cure it. So it just sits in our cabinet. And then we, you know, we cook it a number of different ways. We make soups with it. Um, and we we have specific dishes we make from it. But it gets so big that it's a it's a problem, especially for this, where let's say you don't have the amount of yard where you can let it like in your yard. If you let it overflow, like with me, you wouldn't be able to walk around in your yard. Yeah, I can barely walk around now. I, You know, it, it especially it's remin- in the snow. Yeah, <laughs> it's reminiscent <laughs> of the things that I used to think that just wasn't they weren't appropriate for my garden. Like melons are a great example. Yeah. Of that, you know, so I could grow butternut squash and I have at least once. Uh, vertically um, but and I think you're, you are battling a little bit of powdery mildew but it's impossible for you to avoid that yeah I just I just growing something like butternut squash vertically for me and I tried it again this year I guess fortunately it failed um, it creates a great opportunity for those leaves to overlap and for you know powdery mildew yeah. to set in um, just as an aside I I may need to think about pruning more for those types of plants. Um, I've just, I'm sitting and wondering kind of in the great design of all of this. So for a single seed to produce what it's produced, is it us? Are we doing it wrong? If, if we haven't figured out how to make good use of all that it's going to produce? No, I don't think it is because the fact of the matter is I just don't enjoy it in a lot of the ways that I've seen it presented to me. 
You know what I mean? Like, just because it, you get a lot of it doesn't mean that your tastes are going to really match the amount. I mean, look, like right now, I think we've gotten about 20 squashes off of it. So with, you know, that's 20 meals for my family mm-hmm. between, you know, my whole family. Each meal is about a squash. There's just not enough ways that I personally enjoy. And that's where the garden, like we can sit here all day long and tell you all of these plants. But when it comes down to it, it's a personal preference. You know what I mean? It's just like we said earlier with the okra. Like you may know a hundred different ways to use okra and you may love every way. I mean, hell, you might eat it raw every day and that may be just perfect for you. But, you know, we're trying to talk like in general terms. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm struggling between the what's practical for you, for me, for the next gardener versus kind of, again, what the great design is. So for a plant that produces that much, when I say, are are we doing it wrong? It isn't just to say, should you be eating 20 uh, butternut squash plants? But should this be, I was thinking of a, a good garden friend, should I be bartering with her? For some of these, you know, butternut squash, it's that whole mindset of everyone doesn't need to grow everything, right? Yeah, well, exactly. And I think, I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people get hung up in is we want to grow everything all the time. But it's like you said, like I definitely think that if I knew somebody that was guardian, that's like, man, I wish I grew some butternut squash, I would one hundred percent be like, okay, well, let's trade. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. what did you grow? But then the the step that comes like the lady down the street, she's growing a lot of loofahs. I don't give a shit about no loofah. I don't want nothing to do with a loofah. If I want a loofah, and I know people gasp because it's like the big uh, social media crop is loofahs. If I want to use a loofah, I would go to the store and buy a loofah. I'm not going to use up my whole space in my garden to grow it. And I don't really care about getting it and drying it myself. Now that's just me. You know what I mean? But if she had some kind of other crop, I would definitely trade with her for sure. And if she didn't, I'd probably just give her a squash if she had presented to me that she was interested in mm-hmm. one. So once you end up with 20 some butternut squash, then it's the, you know, again, you're like 2019 Batavia on the corner trying to get rid of all the dirt that she overordered, right? Like it's not the most prime time to actually kind of offload it. But if you had planned to say, all right, I'm putting butternut squash in my garden, you're going to plant some uh, zucchini, right? You know, so when your zucchini uh, harvest comes in, you know, I'll take some off of your hands when my butternut squash harvest comes in. I think I'm kind of leaning more so into, which I don't have, really this setup yet but more into that different type of community gardening no it's you're a tangent you, no what you're you're talking about something amazing you're talking about a community where you're just a community and you're helping each other out i love that no i'm not i love um, that you would well in, in my mind i love that when people of like minds are growing in an area and they're trading and bartering amongst each other. I think like we do that with our eggs, right? Now, a lot of people don't have anything to give us. So they end up giving us money so we can feed the chickens. But still, that's like an option. I, I love that idea. So I'm not talking about that, but I love that idea as well. I'm I'm talking about um, 
specifically for the garden. Um, I am fascinated by that community style living. Yeah. You know, this person, you know, it's kind of like the best chore sheet ever. Um, But there's a lot of trust that goes into that because you trust that that gardener will be able to produce the thing that you basically plan on trading. Um, And I don't know that that's a dream of mine, but it would be, there is a lot to say, you know, getting more out of your garden. There's a lot to say about these prolific crops, even the ones that maybe don't have multi-use. When you're splitting it across some people, it doesn't matter that you can only eat okra one way, you know, or you only prefer one way. Yeah. Um, there, there's something there, there, but I don't, I don't want to take us too far off course here. Well, and I mean, you, you brought up another good one and that's zucchini. Very prolific. If you can get past the little bastard, yeah. (laughs) You know, and if you're new, and if you're new to the show, the little bastard is the squash vine borer. Um, If you can get past that, you're good. You know, but that's the thing is, there's this big question mark over this very prolific crop that really doesn't get that big. I mean, compared to what it can produce it doesn't get that large i mean 35 zucchini off one plant is nothing really on a healthy year for it compared my plant to, is about six feet across right, right. now and how and many I've have gotten, you gotten off of it i've gotten maybe a half a dozen i think it's where i planted i think it's a pollination issue with me this year but it just i mean in the moment right now I just realized that I didn't have a single plant die to squash vine borer. I actually made it all the way until like powdery mildew is the thing that's attacking, which I've been accustomed to. Like that's been my yeah. history, right? My powdery mildew. I, so I did the same thing and I'm going to go ahead and make the announcement and I want you guys to hold me accountable next spring. I'm making a video about how I did it because mm. I think I cracked the code finally for and powdery mildew. No, the oh. squash vine borer. Did I crack the code? Well, I told you how to do it. Did I crack what it? I, what you told me, I did, and the plant again is six feet across. It got better. So, it it was looking like it was on a hospice, but it it recovered. So I mean, that's I. So I, there it that's is. My way now. So so yeah. So next year in the spring, I'm not going to do it now because it'd fall on deaf ears because nobody's growing it. But I think <clears throat> it's you know with. The, you have to embrace the fact that you're going to have this issue. And that's the important part. Like I'm embracing the fact, Mm -hmm. like I embrace the fact that I'm going to get powdery mildew. You know, I embrace the fact that I'm going to get, um, you know, leaf spot disease on Mm -hmm. my tomatoes. And I don't want to get down that path right now. That's Mm -hmm. for another episode coming soon, probably. Um, but you know, all of these things kind of occur, but you know, okay. So your plant's six feet wide and you got six zucchini. (laughs) <laughs> okay there's an issue there yeah now there, there yeah. could be a number of things now typically speaking that should not be though you know that and i know that mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if we diagnose that issue correctly that six foot zucchini would give you well above six zucchini so um now would i grow something depending like if my family if it was like look if you don't grow this then we don't eat and they were like, oh, I'm going to grow zucchini. You'd have to have a, a damn good proven track record of growing mm-hmm. zucchini and producing mm-hmm. before I would take that that bet. But that being said, like, I would still do it. Just be like, yeah, of course, you know, if you want, you can have some of this. But, you know, squash and zucchini are another good one if 
you can beat the squash vine board. I know our um, brothers and sisters out in the West Coast who don't really deal with that. They're probably sitting there like, what y'all talking about? This little bastard. I never heard of that. But let me tell you, it's moving west. So, But would you include that as one that has a lot of multi- multiple uses? So that was the other aspect. Um, I can think of a handful of ways. Um, so squash, no. Like yellow squash, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Zucchini is a little bit more. Um, but... It's one of those that is highly desired for fresh eating. So I would, I would let, I would give it a pass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? I just, I feel, I just, it's just a sordid relationship. It was one of those things <laughs> I took, I mean, I took for granted for years and years. And then it's like, then I've had like four bad years of zucchini. You know, and now it's kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, it's it stays on my. I ain't even gonna grow you now. What you know, list. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, we need to talk about green beans. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they don't take up a lot of space, especially. And I mean, hopefully, people are growing them vertical. I'm gonna go ahead and say bush beans are a good option too. They're very prolific. They don't take up a lot of space. Um, and then for me, I like black eyed peas. Or as the um, as the gardening world wants to call it, cowpeas. <laughs> I like those because you get a lot of those. But it's a, another one of those, like the peppers, where it's at the end of the year where I get my harvest from them. So I was talking, we were talking earlier about doing a harvesting video. All I'm harvesting is peppers and black eyed peas. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean, how many videos can you do where it's like, I'm just harvesting the same thing I was the other day. Well, I was tempted just to by. say this is a pepper harvest video. Um, the, the beans, like, there are a couple of ways that I enjoy beans, but it's such an easy addition to a meal. Yeah. That's the thing, right? You know, so... Um, it's not as if, you know, I'm getting uber creative. It's the top 21 ways to eat beans. It's not that. Um, but it definitely is a, a a vegetable that has a lot of places kind of in your diet, kind of on your plate in your kitchen. Yeah. Um, and it definitely is an old standby, if you will, you know. Peas fall into that, too, where they're very prolific, but there's not a whole lot of ways to use them. And don't you feel like the life's the um, well, both peas and beans, you kind of got to get them while they're getting good, right? Well, black eyed peas, you harvest them while they're dry, so they're just dried beans. Well, no, I meant uh, you were talking about sweet peas, and I meant green beans when I was going back to green oh, beans. Oh, my bad. See, yeah. here we go. The semantics of it. Uh huh. Um, don't uh huh me. <laughs> look, you can't see me, but I got my hands on my hips too. Like, mm. I can see you. Like, I look. Uh, well, you can't. Can you see the lower half of me? Like, yeah, but you can see what my shoulders are doing. Can't yeah, you? I know what's going on there. I have spent way too many hours sitting across from you talking garden and did well, not that's, know. That's the classic. Like, I don't even have to say it. Like, you, you're no. making me say it. I didn't have to say it. You knew, right? Um, but, but that said, I was thinking about the the sweet peas, and you're right. Like, you could toss them in dishes. Like, you you really have to be uh, intentional about using green peas sweet peas green peas are easily frozen though for later use Mm -hmm. so i mean like we'll get them and then we'll just keep a ziploc bag and as we get them we'll throw them in and just keep adding to it until it's full 
And so, to, <clears throat> to confirm, that is throwing them in the freezer because if you leave them out too long, they'll end, end up getting starchy and not sweet. Yeah, I did some that were rather starchy. They were not yeah. good. Oh, that's that's a vegetable. Like once it goes bad, ooh, is it bad? Yeah. <laughs> so we were. So I was actually gonna. I was thinking to myself, like, really anything trellising, but then that leaves us the almighty cucumber. Yeah. As much as I love eating a fresh cucumber. It's just not multi-use enough to like, if I was like, I got to get more out of my garden, let me pack in some cucumbers. I believe I would have to let that one slide. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to get through this year. I'll I'll eat all of my cucumbers before the year is out. And it's, I would have rather have gotten into the following year. Um, But I'm also pretty okay with, let me say it a different way. So um, I tried to plant cucumbers in a number of different places and they didn't take. And I have like a near empty trellis and that would have definitely been a place for um, those cucumbers to grow, which is a place I tried to to uh, to start them. But there isn't a whole lot of love loss like, you know, cucumbers are there's it's 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 the okra, it's the green beans, it's the sweet sweet peas you have a little bit more of a window to go in and harvest like you can see them as they're getting bigger but cucumbers green beans man okra you got to stay on those things like their high maintenance is is what i'm trying to get to in the garden and for single use too really i mean yeah and how many pickles can you eat well that's what i'm about to say like i'm pretty okay with basically i'm sacrificing a few months of pickles (laughs) pickles <laughs> to because I would have um, I wouldn't have done them in the traditional water bathing them I would have done refrigerator pickles so I could have gotten until like February or March or something based on my last year experience if I would have grown more but if I say okay that compared to dealing with you know the powdery mildew the disease realizing how many cucumbers that I let get away from me like the waste I'm okay with not having to have dealt with that in any grand way this year I had a little small bed 36 inch around and I grew cucumbers in that space along with a couple other things so it wasn't even dedicated I grew them vertically and I mean I felt like I got enough to wait for it you know just you know whip my appetite for them yeah now, again, I'll probably grow a few more next year, you know, because it'll be, you know, I don't want to go into a second year where I don't get my cucumber and and um, and pickle fix. But I can look back and say, I don't feel like I wasted a lot. No, and no. And it's, you know, and it's I feel like we're talking blasphemy right now because <laughs> cucumbers is one of the highly loved vegetables in the garden. Um, but is it because it just produces so much? It's because it produces so much and it's a summertime vegetable. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you, what about corn? Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. You got to speak. Yeah, yeah no, you, I realize you, it. Well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm trying I'm to, have to feel cut like, out the dead air. Yeah, I want to get. <laughs> now, leave it in, man. They want. They need to know this is a deep thought here. Okay. Okay. Um, I. So, I think for corn, um, I think maybe it's underutilized 
for the gardener based on this is just for me we've been doing some polls lately and i've realized that i don't know the things i think i know when it comes to what the rest rest of the world is doing i didn't plant corn for a good long while because i just felt like you needed like you know a 30 foot row of it you know and so that's not the case you can grow corn in a much smaller space and because of that i think that i've missed out on the opportunity of you know um, how beneficial it could be to the garden. Now, most of those stalks are going to produce one, maybe two ears of corn. There's some varieties that will produce two or three, but most of them are going to produce one to two. But there's a bunch of different ways that I enjoy corn. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, I'm hit or miss on it. That's why I asked you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, um, I've always tried to beat the clock and plant corn later in the year and I see everybody else doing it around me in the spring and then they harvest and then basically they harvest and their gardens are empty for the rest of the year until fall. Um, that's never going to be my plan, but I do plan next year to basically deep dive into corn. Mm -hmm. Um, now that being said, there's not a lot of nutritional value to corn. Okay. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest right now. You eat corn and then the next morning it's in the toilet. Okay full and whole so there's that so there's not a lot of nutritional value to it it is good it is delicious there are ways to eat it um and i think that you can get very creative with corn as well i think corn is a beloved vegetable from the grocery store and i think in recent years i've seen more and more people growing it in gardens it seems like it's been more recent. Maybe I've just, my eye, you know, you want to buy a red car, you see a red car, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe it's the same thing, but I've seen that more and more people growing it. And I know that there's other ways to use it. And it's, um, somebody gave us some corn they grew and my wife was making tacos. We make a menu and we run the menu for two weeks. So we eat basically the same thing for two weeks straight. And each time it's like for those two weeks, we had a lot of corn. And I was like, damn, I was like, my food is sweet. Like, I don't like my food. This like I'm a savory kind of guy. You know what I mean? I need some heat. And I was like, damn, we got corn and everything we're eating It's like driving me crazy. You know what I mean? But that being said, like, I think there's a time and place for corn. And I know that we've had it like we've gotten other people have given it to us in the past and we've frozen it, Um, you know, frozen whole cobs and eating them through the winter and stuff like that. Mm. So. I think that there's definitely a place for corn. And I think when you grow the corn, because you have to pack them so close together for Mm -hmm. pollination purposes, that they tick mark that box as far as not taking a lot of space. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you do need to plant them in blocks. I mean, you can't Mm -hmm. just put Mm -hmm. a piece of corn here and spread it out everywhere. So how many corn ears of corn do you get off your plants? Um, Off one plant two maybe three okay depending on the plant variety i've only grown two different types of corn sweet corn sweet corn sweet corn yeah okay i just wanted to check i didn't know if i heard that Uh the first two times so you got two to three and how big of a place are you planting them in i did it in about a another 36 inch round and how how many ears of corn did you get out of the 36 inch round i don't know like maybe yeah, why you sound like I'm bothering you with the questions? Well, you know, it's it's the it's it's a sore spot because like the first couple of years were like, oh my gosh, where have you been all of my life? And then life and the garden got away from me. Yeah. And it's like I came back like, oh no. 
what happened? Yeah. There's a window for corn as well. Um, and so I probably harvested about a dozen ears. Okay. I probably had about seven or eight that were really good. I let the other ones mature too, too much. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's not a bad amount. You know what I mean? And Well, for the spaces I dedicated to it, not at all, but for it's, you know, it's almost like a delicacy for the gardener, for the, you know, home gardener. Um, and I think for sure, um, the corn in the stores I'm getting is pretty crappy one. And I, I mean, I'm Aren't you trying- in the corn belt? Hmm? Well, Aren't you in the it, corn belt? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're they're getting it shipped from, you know, California or something instead, instead of the local corn. But I'm gonna tell you this. I feel like for in the US, I feel like corn is corn on the cob is definitely a sign of summer. More yes. so than a lot of stuff. Yes. You know. So I don't not because it's not nutritional, because there is I recognize there is that, but I don't eat a lot of corn throughout the year. But I don't want to sit at a table, you know, at a barbecue or something or a cookout, as I call it sometimes, without some corn on the cob. And so that's probably one of the very few vegetables that I'm very comfortable with only having for a short window. You know, if I could get the best of it from my garden. So let me ask you a question. If you too much to... on my mind. Stop asking me questions. I, I'm, this is an easy question. I needed an assistant to keep track of all the things I need to focus on this Leonard, winter. Tighten up. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> dog jumped up off the couch. <laughs> I need sorry, dog to growl when it's like, girl, just keep on moving. Stop. No, we're not gonna focus on that. <laughs> so when um when you go to somebody's house and they're cooking food on the grill, you call it a barbecue. It or cookouts. Um, sometimes, like, you know, if it's, oh, come on over, we're having a cookout, is what I would say if it's something that yeah. I'm having at my home. But I probably would say I'm going to a barbecue if I'm going somewhere that's, else. That's interesting. See, yeah, we eat barbecue. We don't go to a barbecue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would imply here that you're going to see, to a cannibal's house if you were like, I'm going to a barbecue. They'd be like, oh, shit, they're about to eat me because we eat barbecue. It's that's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. different. In this You're the, side one of the, the country. first kind of uh, differences when it comes to those things unrelated to food. Um, for a long time, you know, everyone I knew, we would just say, I stay at, you know, I, I stay on State Street. Yeah. Right. And so I think this is like probably earlier on, you know, as my as an adult working, you know, in the professional world. And they would tease me and it's like, so where do you live then? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, like right at this moment, I'm not sure what I say now. Right. You know, but it was the look of confusion on my face. Like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, um, and I had some theories in my twenties around what that was and why that it was said in that way. But I've lost that now. I've, I've forgotten more than the more of the things that I've actually realized. So here we are. Let's focus. That's okay. You can forget, but you know what you cannot forget? The recipe of the day. <laughs> All right. So in honor of the 80 vegetable producing butternut squash, we're going to take this directly from Food and Wine magazine. I mean, it's, it's internet search. Roasted butternut squash with 
chorizo spiced kale. I think we're just going to do the kale. I don't think we're going to go with all the rest of that. Uh, so the roasted squash, this is two medium butternut squash. So you're already down to under 30 now, right? You're going to peel it, square it off like cube it. Um, you're going to basically get some olive oil unless you're off of the oil and you're going to do something like, you know, water sauteing. I'll let you roll with that. You're going to get your regular seasonings like salt, pepper, cumin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I don't use coriander, but the recipe calls for and that's fine. Um, so you're preheating your oven to about 475. You want to line the butternut squash after you've kind of rubbed a little bit of that oil on it, just drizzle a little bit on it. Um, and I stand correct. This is actually being served as steaks. So you're um, peeling your butternut squash and then cutting it as if it's like a round steak, right? So drizzle your oil on it, a little bit of salt and pepper. You're going to lay it out on a baking sheet. You're going to basically roast it for about 20 minutes, flip it, roast it for another 10 to 15 minutes. Um, while the steaks, the squash steaks, which I think is almost laughable, but hey, while they're roasting, you're going to get another couple of um, tablespoons of olive oil, put those in a skillet on top of the stove. You're going to add your seasonings, cumin, coriander if you're using it this is where you'd add like some type of a uh, pepper something that's going to be hot um you're basically going to um what do they call that saute it until you it's fragrant and so you can smell all of the things you're going to add your onions and garlic um you're going to do but maybe like a half of an onion and a couple of cloves of garlic you're going to get that sauteed up. Your kale is already washed and clean and you're going to basically cut it in ribbons and you're going to saute the kale because you already have everything else kind of marinating in that oil. And then you're going to remove your steaks, squash steaks, serve it up. I'd put a little bit of yogurt sauce, like doing kind of a... Um, like a Greek sauce almost. Like a tzatziki uh, sauce. I do something, I whip up something like that to top the steaks with. You got to have a cucumber for that. Well, see, there it is. There That's it the reason is. why I said yogurt there. instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds good though. And you know, now that I have all these butternut squash, I might have to use that. Yeah. Search for roasted butternut squash with chorizo, spice kale, chorizo I left out food and wine you can get all of the proper measurements i'm actually yeah, going if someone mails me some butternut squash <laughs> i'm not gonna mail you butternut Look, squash it costs totally more to mail that. it i would totally um, make that send me the recipe and i'll try and put it on patreon okay i don't know you may get a paywall after some time but for food and wine you know they're fancy man yeah mm -hmm. you know it that kind of stuff makes me mad. You've I'll reached your limit. You. Bitch, I ain't even checked it, but once, how am I going to reach my limit? Uh, look, I get it. Uh, someone forwards me a link. I look at the date. It's like, I don't know if I want to spend my last four yeah. you know, free ones. <laughs> yeah. You know who's uh, real good for that, everybody? Uh, Fine Gardening Magazine. They stay telling me I got four left and I go there all the time. Just go <laughs> use it up. They, they don't even count. Um. A lot of what they say is too bougie for me anyways, but <clears throat> that's a different conversation. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think 
in my garden moving forward, I'm going to try and, and, and really think about these prolific multi-use crops more so. And you notice that we didn't really get into like radishes and turnips and stuff like that. That's simply because we ran out of time. Mm-hmm. But they don't really tick the multi-use um, portion for me. So there's that. Now I grow a shitload of them, but just so you know, I don't really, you know, they don't really tick that box. And this wasn't in my mind an, an all-inclusive list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was, um, it was meant for people to be introduced to the idea more so of thinking about how is this going to be used when it comes out of my garden more so than us saying like, this is what you should do this, that, and the other blah, 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 because this is all very personal. Mm-hmm. You know, gardens a very personal thing. Yeah. The good parts, the bad parts, everything in between parts, uh, a, a Chicago gardener, one of my Chicago neighbors um, commented or DM me about a video that I had posted, you know, so I was showing my collard greens and there's a snippet collard greens that are in the garden. There's a snippet of in the video where I have I've cooked up collard greens, Southern style on the stove. And she commented and said something like, Oh, and she was in the kitchen with like talking about me. Like when I saw you were in the kitchen with them, I'm like, Oh, she could cook too. And I laugh because it's like, I gotta, I mean, I gotta get this stuff out of the garden and into the kitchen and in my belly one way or another. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's funny because a lot of what we do as gardeners, especially gardeners that are on social, you know, social media, we talked about this countless times you and I have there's not a whole lot of talk about once that thing comes off the plant and I don't I mean I'm trying to think like maybe is it again a little bit more personal because then we're starting to enter into what your diets are like and I know that there's a whole lot of stigma around that yeah I think there is I don't know we've talked about that a lot and I mean honestly between all of our different platforms I've noticed that people just don't care about the in the kitchen portion at least the audience that we have in front of us which is fine but it's all i mean that's why the rest i mean we've look we've talked about getting rid of the recipe of the day many times but it's just been a staple of the show because it's a stance that we take that we can talk you can talk about growing it all day long but why not share a way to cook it you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. and i mean look the recipe of the day is harder than making the damn show. You saw the way I stumbled through it. I, look. Um, but, I mean, I've gotten countless, oh, let me think about that. Oh, I can take that. Let me put my spin on it. Right? Now, I don't know that there have been recipes of the day that have led me to say I'm going to grow a thing, but it definitely has been a way to support some of the things I'm growing and say, let me enjoy this thing in a different way. Um, yeah, they haven't made me grow anything. But that's because I grow one of everything anyway, so no, I'm joking. Yeah, no, I mean, seriously, it, it's definitely inspired me to add more of something to my garden, maybe, mm-hmm. or use something in a different way. Um, so I hope that everybody finds it useful. And look, if you guys love the show and you've made it this far, you don't even have to be on Patreon. Just go to Patreon and send us a recipe and we'll share your recipe. How's that? Because... I want to know what you guys are cooking with your harvest. And I know Batavia wants to know because we all know that we all eat the same things all the time. So let's switch it out and make it, let's shake things up a little bit. And it has nothing to do with, Batavia doesn't want to know because of how hungry she is right in this moment. She's always hungry at the end of the show. Do y'all know I had a snack before this, but it wasn't enough. Well, well, you know, it happens. (laughs) All right, everybody. 
With that being said, check out all of our links below and uh, help support the show. We would love to see you in some of these different platforms and we would love to have your support because we are trying our hardest not to give you useless, baseless ads. And with that being said, Batavia, let them know. Well, buddy, I'm glad you're on the mend and that you're sitting across from me and we've continued to do this. And for everyone else, see ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.